what do you know about Olivia Wilde? Because I feel as though I know nothing. And even though I've tried to research, I still feel like I haven't scratched the surface. Uh, okay, like under, in what context? What is going on with her and Harry Styles? <laughs> they're dating. Were they? Yeah. Are they still? I think they're engaged. No, I missed that completely. Well, I don't think it's like announced, but that's what Dumois says. I thought it was a publicity relationship this whole time. No. Really? Uh, it's too messy. Yeah. They're both such messy people, as it turns out. <laughs> like, so messy. Yeah. Okay, what do you know about Olivia Wilde's salad dressing? Um, it has a lot of Grey Poupon in it. Yes. That's basically all I know. <laughs> but, like, I keep seeing the same screenshot over and over again, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, is, is this, like, a screenshot that she uses from a recipe book that she has? Or did she write this down? Who's marking this? Someone needs to tell me. Oh, okay. I'd be interested to see what screenshot you're seeing because I feel like I'm always seeing the, mm -hmm. like a screenshot of the recipe as she sent it into like Food Network or something like that. Let me look it up. Okay. Salad. Don't worry, dressing. Don't worry, dressing. Great Poupon responds to Olivia Wilde's salad dressing drama. Oh, I need to read this now. Sorry, I didn't know. Grey Poupon is capitalizing on its front and center role in the latest Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis drama. Of course it is. The famed Dijon mustard brand announced that it would release 100 limited edition Don't Worry Dijon jars on Instagram. <gasps> oh my god. I hope that's true. I hope so too. Oh my god. There's a feather boa around the Grey Poupon mustard. I hate that Harry Styles has taken over the feather boa. He doesn't deserve it. I'm he sorry. He doesn't, no. You know who deserves a feather boa? Lucille 2. I was just going to say Lucille. <laughs> Lucille 2 from Arrested Development. Liza Minnelli. Yeah, okay, Liza Minnelli for those in the know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just, like, okay, apparently the nanny has said some things. Oh, you didn't, wait, we talked about this. We briefly have. So it's like, this woman, or no. <laughs> wait. The quote is... She left. She took her salad and her dressing and, and she, she left. left. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. You know... <sighs> oh, my God. No, she highlighted a passage from Nora Ephron's autobiography, Heartburn, which included salad dressing instructions featuring Grey Poupon's Dijon mustard. There we go. That's so it's not even her dressing? No, apparently not. But, like, this is the screenshot that I keep saying. It must be the Nora Ephron one because it says, like, Mark. And I'm like, who the fuck is Mark? I can't keep track of all the oh, men in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll find that picture later and show you. But, yeah, that, that explains it. It's the Nora Ephron of it all. Wow. Poor Nora Ephron doesn't deserve that. She doesn't. No one does. Olivia Wilde might. She probably does. I feel like she's made too many, like, I'm a bro... Mm. Look at me, bro movies. Mm. You know? I don't know. Whatever. We're not here to talk about Olivia Wilde. <laughs> no. Actually, oh. we are. This is literally the reason we're talking. It's the only reason that Emily has concocted this entire episode, which, as she tells me, is off theme. It's very off theme, but also kind of on theme because we've been talking about recipes that have originated in kitchens, right? So what restaurants. are like restaurant kitchens? Sure. That's what I mean. Sorry. So they come from restaurant kitchens and then they become popular with 
the average person. And so far, the recipes that we've looked at that have been the most popular have been things that are very simple. Like we've looked at some salad dressings, like maybe not mm. the Singapore sling. That's a little more like labor intensive. But like a lot of these yeah. recipes that do really well are things that, you know, just really hit because they can be replicated outside, I think. I mean, there's also the other side of it where there's some like pretty luxurious high-end things where you can't really do that at home. Sure. But so far, there is a good component of it. Like the Caesar salad dressing. Yeah. Waldorf salad. Exactly. Waldorf salad. Fuck, that's the easiest thing you could do. <laughs> Even I can do it. Um, and so I wanted to look at these recipes that like celebrities keep popping out of their like kitchens mm-hmm. and so telling the world about. And they are predominantly quite simple fare that then becomes quite mainstream. The TikTok pasta that took the world by storm. <laughs> that is a celebrity on its own. Yes. And you know... I ate the shit out of that. It's delicious. It's delicious. Shar's kid went through a phase where she only ate that because she had long COVID and she could taste things that were funny. Anyways. Um, also, I think she just really liked it, which fair. It's good. Um, Emily Blunt has like her engagement chicken recipe that she like, like talked about ad nauseum. And it's basically you just like shove some lemons and herbs up a turkey and like put some veg and some potatoes in a pan and just like wait for it to get delicious. Isn't that literally just the barefoot contestas? That's the thing. It's a riff on it's a riff on Ina. <sighs> Everyone just wants to take from Ina. Huh. Ina. It's not Ina? No. Oh my god, well this is embarrassing. I'm just taking the pronunciation of her last name. Edit this out, please. Nope. Oh fucking hell. By the way, in case you weren't aware, because we just jumped right in, you're listening to Pantry Staples, everybody. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods. And also celebrities. Yeah, that too, apparently now. Sorry about it. I'm Emily. And I'm Marika. And this week we are talking about, like I said, celebrity chefs creating recipes that then... Go mainstream? Go mainstream. But how... This isn't just a phenomenon of like, oh, people want to do what celebrities want to do. This is like... We don't know how to cook as a like generation as much as we used to, I don't think. It's not something that's as important because there are so many like ready-made convenient foods that you're not going to have to learn those techniques. And so something very simple like emulsification and a dressing is being mm-hmm. taught to us by Olivia Wilde. Okay. And that's what I'm here to talk about. I think it's... I'm, I'm intrigued for this thesis statement of yours. Thank you. I don't really know if I have a conclusion or I just have like a lot of thoughts. It was just like it's me talking into my iPhone at one in the morning. <laughs> like, isn't this fucking crazy iPhone? You're right. It is, Emily. It is. Um, so basically what I'm here to talk about mostly isn't even celebrities. It isn't even recipes. It's about home ec. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. So again, really not nailing it today. <laughs> um, okay. What about home ec? When did it start? In a formalized setting. In, like, as a class? Yeah. In high school? No, but what year do you think? Oh, um, the... Mm, I'm going to say 1931. Hmm. Very specific. You think I... in the Great Depression that they had time to do that? <sighs> God damn it. No. Okay, post-war. Post-war. That is a good point, and there are some interesting ramifications on home at classes in uh, post-World War II life. Yeah. But no, 1871. <gasps> The first female graduate of MIT, whose name is, where is this? Ellen Swallow Richards. Incredible. Also the first professor. Did I say that? So she was the first of both at MIT. So she graduated and was immediately a professor? I don't know exactly how the timing worked. I didn't do a lot of research. Cool. Cool. Shush, 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 shush. Basically, she was just like, hey, I want more women to be allowed to go here. How am I going to get this going? Mm -hmm. 
what am I going to do? Women's laboratory. <gasps> That's what it was called. I love it. And what did they study in the women's laboratory? Home economics. Home economics, which was not as people like second or first or whatever wave feminism wants you to think, just like ladies practicing how to make eggs for their husband. Yeah. Or like how to darn a sock. Yeah. No, 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 no. This was fucking engineering and physics, bitch. Incredible. This was like their way of saying, hey, I want to go here and I want to learn about these things. How can I make this work for me in yeah. a time when this isn't really a thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, assembling, deassembling, and reassembling an entire like kitchen appliance? You'd bet your darn bottom you are. Like, <gasps> that's what it was. It was like the like mechanics of the things that were in your kitchen. It was also like the biology the physics all of this stuff about food all these cooking techniques it was so so much more yeah it was so much more involved than just somebody being like we got to get these little ladies ready for their mans (laughs) i mean there's a component of that of course as well but this is i think the interesting thing about looking Mm -hmm. at home economics history wise is that it really exists in these two kind of like parallel worlds where it's like on the one hand this is a class where like women were taught how to make every different kind of egg so yeah. that that way they would be sure to please their husband yeah but on the other hand it's like no this is a way where women can get into sciences this is how women can educate themselves this was something that became like a university course like there were masters of home economics that you could take that's how you can get it's the only way you could get a degree I mean, I don't think it's the only way, but, like, it's a... In the 1800s? Probably. Well, like, in the early 1900s, too. Like, it's a much more accessible way to get an education. And it was something that, like, it made it appealing for other people Mm. to want women to get educated. Because they could see the benefit in it, right? Right. And it's not... It sounds, on the surface, non-threatening. Exactly. So, like, how do you hide a (laughs) physics mind in plain sight? Just know how to disassemble and reassemble your toaster. <laughs> like a hundred, like I can imagine these women just doing it like rapid fire, like it's a bomb or something. Like it's, <laughs> it kills me. Like, like a speedy, like a Rubik's cube. like. Or like, do you know those videos where you see like of army cadets, like having to reassemble and disassemble their guns? Yeah. I'm just like, that's what they're doing, but with toasters. Did you ever watch Cadet Kelly speaking of? The famous Disney show. Years ago, maybe. What an incredible film. Anyways. Is it? Yes. Okay. Hilary Duff. Christy Carlson Romano, is that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Incredible. What's she doing? I think she has a podcast. <laughs> wow. Christy, if you're listening, invite us on. <laughs> Anyways. So, yes, we have this thing that's teaching women how to become, like, homemakers and how to settle down and how to do the chores, take care of the children, and, like, set their husbands up to be the breadwinners and them to maintain a home. But it also does have these, like, really interesting, like, feminist roots to it. Mm-hmm. Now, we also are seeing a rise of consumer, like, of calling HOMAC consumer studies or consumer sciences, hmm. which is really interesting the way that they're rebranding this and like this is much later but it's it harkens to this idea of like women are no longer expected to make every single meal in the home because there's so much that's manufactured outside of it you're not expected to like knit every sweater because it's manufactured outside of yeah and in a way like when we also look at some of these examples it's really like teaching women how to like enter a capitalist society oh like yes really fucking weird so like we're having like it's home ec is just a whole like melting <laughs> yes. pot of nonsense right like just absolutely fascinating um you know 
And then today, like in modern day, we're seeing this much greater emphasis being placed on like nutrition as yes. the like focus of it, which I also think is a really interesting mm-hmm. um, like point to make in that is that because that's what we as a society value or is that how we have like conditioned women not to think about eating food but into working through their nutrition like is this a reflection of like how we can legitimize cooking classes or is this just a way of being like ladies watch those waistlines (laughs) like i don't know it's weird right well okay like what's your what's your timeline for this like when do we have when are we calling it consumer like that starting about the 80s the 1980s right okay that's much much that makes so much sense yeah exactly the reagan of it all the reagan of it all um and then I don't know. I'm sure you're going to open the floor for questions later, but do you, like, I remember taking home ec. Oh yeah, totally. What did you make in home ec when you're sewing portion? Oh, in sewing portion, um, pajama bottoms. Yeah. Same, same. They were way too big, but they were really soft. Mine were, well, they were like, I don't know. It's both too small and too big somehow. Mm, incredible. Yeah. That tracks actually for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just like, what is, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, and I, like, I, I already knew how to sew, so it was, yeah. like, basic, and, like, I kind of knew it, but then I also, like, rushed, so then I think I got a worse mark, because I was like, ugh, whatever, like, yeah, didn't take my time. I got a needle through, like, the very, very tip <gasps> of my thumb. Like, it wasn't even, like, it went through the skin and, like, the nail a little bit, but it was so, at the end, it wasn't, like, it was directly through the yeah. nail, but I immediately took myself home. I was just like, I can't be can't. here. Like, I'm, I gotta leave. <sighs> One of the kids in class had to, like pulled like had to turn the knob back so that the needle went up and i was just like take a look at it i can't i can't look <laughs> just like fully losing my shit just can't i can't see it no nope. and then for the cooking portion mm. i mean and, like we were mixed like it was never just girls no. it was all dudes and it was yeah like random people in that class for cooking we like made i don't know like oatmeal raisin cookies oh. and like a stir fry of all things like it was really basic very boring food yeah which i mean it's interesting too when we look at like times past (laughs) like a white sauce being put on top of everything else and like we could also again i'm we don't have time for all of this and i'm basically just touching on points that i will study in my phd but it's like (laughs) the racism of it all oh yeah like the whiteness being like glamorized so much of this is like the nice white homemaker who has such a clean tidy house and subsequently like disparaging other ethnicities and like minorities in this process yeah it's fucked and like just the idea of like the things that are being taught there are very bland like the fact that you had a stir fry wild to me like oh my god this is like no no it it's a class for flour it was oh yeah very yeah. very sad i mean like we're 12 13 how 13, old are you 13 it's not much you can do with it and then the yeah. other thing i think that's so interesting about home ec these days like first of all when you say it was like both genders like yes mine was too because everybody had to take it yes. i had to take um like one term like one half of the year was sewing and cooking yeah and then the other was like woodworking and drafting only two and two yeah, so, like, oh, I yeah, We had so many. It was, like, we had maybe two weeks in each module, and there were so many different things. We'd have, yeah, we did, like, metal work. We did, what else? Yeah, sewing, cooking, drafting, woodwork, metal work, drama. <laughs> drama was its own class, I think. Yeah, I can't remember. Discovery 8. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. I feel like ours was called life skills for some reason. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what was that called actually? Anyways, that's fine. Yeah. But like the other thing that I think is really interesting about this and as somebody who like really enjoys cooking now and like Mm. works in a restaurant and like is very much intrigued and like impressed by professional chefs, I remember being so disparaging of the cooking portion of like the people who continued on with their like culinary education Mm -hmm. because it was marketed as something only for like people who didn't have enough intelligence to Mm. do other courses or people who were dead set on being a professional chef, which is also really interesting because we see around, is it like the sixties? No, it's later than that. It's probably about the seventies or the eighties, um, where you're no longer able to get at most universities or most colleges, any sort of like higher education on home economics. It's no longer something like there is no path from home ec into like post-secondary education. So yeah, it seems like as long as I've known it, it was just relegated to like high school. Yeah. But it definitely used to be like, this is a stepping stone to an education and a career where now it's seen as like, this is what girls who aren't doing something after school do, which is like, what a fucked up thing to do. I don't know. Back to like why this Ellen, uh, Ellen Swallow Richards was so into this is like the entire idea behind home economics for her was to have, um, aid in women's liberation really Hmm. like it was a very early like version of this yeah where she was like hey if i can get like these machines working if i can do all this stuff and make everything easier for the average housewife we have more time for things there were other (laughs) what an idea white ladies with lives of leisure yes i know no well but then the the trap is that in capitalism then once it was like oh you have all of these things to save you time here. Now you have more time to do all of this extra shit. Mm-hmm. 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 But, oh, you need to buy something for that. Don't worry. Buy it. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, And it's interesting, too, how we see these things being used. Uh, some of these women who are the first kind of proponents of home economics mm. in, like, this very professional setting were women who were traveling to, like, other places where they had not yet had electricity developed. Right. They were trying to make it so that there were, like, this, that, and the other like technology accessible to people who don't have it. And obviously later on then like 1871, they have women going into communities and showcasing like into impoverished communities, showcasing how to use these technologies and the way that they're showing that these are like accessible and can be used in your home with no negative consequences uh-huh. is by bringing the husbands up on stage and just being like, see, even these assholes, can oh, no. which I'm just like funny, but also it is, dark. It is, yes. Yes. I don't know. Anyways, um what else in the early 1900s so like around this time but even like later than that still like shockingly late shockingly late like the 40s 30s 60s okay of course um we have model living situations for girls studying home economics at university what are these you might ask Mm -hmm. oh it's incredible it's basically what the, like, Amazonians are living in. Huh? It's a home where all these women just trade off on doing domestic labor and taking care of children. It's an ideal utopia where you can exist inside and outside of the home and your experiences in either, like, sphere inform the other and you're a well-rounded person who isn't burnt out from taking on all the domestic and childcare work. 
And this is like a thing in a textbook or this is like in a, their dorms? It was like a thing that they did. Like they made like these houses for these women to like practice this domestic stuff. Like it was part of their home ec classes. Was like come live in like a feminine utopia? Pretty much. And, and like, bring your children but leave your husband? No, no, not bring your children. Take one that we got from an orphanage. No. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so fucked. <gasps> Yeah. It was all sounding kind of good until I then. know. I know. I buried the lead. You did. Um, yeah. They would take these babies for like a few weeks or like whatever. And would just <gasps> and then bring them back. Yeah. <gasps> bring them back. And it was seen as like kind of a good thing for people who are adopting these babies. They're like, well, these women who've been trained in all the latest child rearing techniques have like been spending all this time with them. They must be good kids. Oh my God. Yeah. So, like, those bag of flour babies that they would do in, like, American schools, which I don't even know if that's a real thing, but yeah. Were originally just orphans? Yep. No! So fucked, right? This is the most insane news I've heard in years. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just, like, do you even know where you would go to find an orphanage these days? No. Do yeah. they exist? They I don't, don't think they do. I no, think it's just everyone's, foster yeah, care. Yeah, foster right? care. I mean, worse and better. I don't uh, know. There's bad. no way of knowing. Uh... All terrible. Uh, Across the board. But anything's better than just being a bag of flour for home ec students for like two weeks. <gasps> I'm yeah. speechless. Isn't that insane? It's, it's insane, but it also just like makes so much sense. So much sense. And it's like, oh, of course that's what they did. Like, again, when we look at the history of human evolution, we must remember <laughs> someone dropped an atom bomb. Hitler decided all this stuff. The Stanford prison experiment went on. Uh, we invented... Actually. No, I know that that's fake. I know. I know I've read that, but I'm just saying somebody devised this and sure. thought that it was a good idea. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, like, we invented Cheetos. Like, nobody's normal. Like, everyone who's making decisions out there is just straight whacked out in the head. They're just like, sure, take this kid. Who cares? Doesn't fucking matter. It's a kid. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's like, a, it's like an infant. And it's being raised by these, like, women who are treating this as though it's a bag of fucking flour. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Almost not not as worse. Obviously not as bad. But, like, one thing that seems really bad to me, though, is the fact that then women graduate from this and they're like, guess I'm ready to be a housewife with my zero help because my man's at work all the time. I guess I'll just do all of these things that I only had to do, like, one-sixth of before. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's, like, it's not even practical experience from the sounds of it. No. It's insane. Weird. Why? Yeah. What like to what what were they thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> it was like and there's this woman, Megan Elias, who says, in the ideal domestic situation, uh work was as important as like work in the home was as important as work outside of the home and it was performed by teams of equals who rotated roles each member of the team was able to live a life outside of the home as well as inside and in the ideal situation both informed like each other yeah that sounds great why are we like pretending that that's real life it's insane it's and fucking or, crazy and or then not actively trying to recreate that like yeah that's what we should be doing like I feel like I've been thinking for a while that, like, living in a commune might actually be a great idea to raise kids. Ugh, no. No, I know, but, like, not a gross commune, like, a cute one. Of just, like, people that I pick. <laughs> so a cult, I guess, for myself. I mean... Hmm. Is there any other kind? Truly. That's the thing. I'm a leader. What can you do? Um, okay. I, I guess the other thing about this is it's, like, I mean, isn't all of academia just being, like... 
this is the idealized version. Like, yeah, you can just be a student and study Mm. and like do nothing and sit in coffee shops all day. This is real life. Truly. We're preparing you for real life. Get a degree. And again, like the crazy bit about this though, is that you're getting a degree in the most real life of real life things. Like this is literally home economics. It's supposed to be about your real life. And it's a fantasy. Yeah. Well, at least in this particular situation. Yes. Okay. So we're going back a little bit. 1914 and 1917, women's uh, women's groups and political parties and labor coalitions worked together in order to pass the Smith-Lever Act and the Smith-Hughes Act, both of which created funding for vocational education, agriculture, trades, and industry and homemaking uh, programs. And they create an office of home economics. Basically, it's because they wanted more classes. Nice. We also see this kind of influx of like funding towards this after World War II mm. um, because everyone was like, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Women aren't sitting around baking pies and sewing buttons anymore. I spent too much time devising bombs, not enough time looking after orphans for a week. Yeah. So what can Need you do? more orphan grants. And like, it's they're trying to like get that, but across the board after World War II, things are being defunded. Like, there is grants that are trying to go into it, but they are defunding this because all of the, like, you're in the Cold War now. Where's the money got to go? Science. We got to spend the money on spies and science. Weapons. (laughs) Fake (sighs) beards. I don't know. And, like, we don't see the need. There's no reason to teach people to cook from scratch when we have all this convenient ready-made food. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Let's see. So, where does that leave us? I have a statistic somewhere. Um, 2012, mm-hmm. there were uh, 3.5 million students enrolled in, like, home economic programs across the states. So, that's a, quite a huge number. That's, like, an elective, like, they're in that. In high school. In high school. Yes. So, 10 years later, 38% decline. Whoa. So, like, this is dropping like flies. That's obviously the 2012 and 2022. Um, but what happened before that? The 1980s. Yeah. Do you know what happened in the 1980s? Everyone went back to home ec. Martha fucking Stewart. <gasps> Ugh. My icon. She's the baddest of bitches. She absolutely is. Martha Stewart and her kind of cohort of like other ladies like her, which yes. no one can touch Martha. No one's like her. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, they started to fill this void. Yeah. Young women weren't being trained on how to be like, they weren't being shown how to do hors d'oeuvres. They weren't being shown how to like properly fold your linens or whatever the fuck there's like Martha had a tip for everything. And that's the shit that we weren't learning both inside and outside of the home. Like we have parents that are now like dual income households. Mm. So you don't have your mom there to teach you this shit or like you do, but it's not quite as concentrated as the time you would have spent like, you know, generations back. Yeah. And you still have this need to, like, be considered, like, you know, a proper lady where you can do all this shit. So you have Martha. Yeah, who else? selling her magazines, going to prison, and kicking ass. Who else is going to teach you how to serve a lobster dinner for 102? I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Every single time, Ina Carter, uh, <laughs> I honestly don't think I know how to pronounce her last name either, so I mumbled it really quickly there, and I was just like, I hope that we didn't notice, but anyway. I think you said Gardner. It's I don't, Garten. Garten. Oh my god, I don't know what her fucking name is. <laughs> it's weird, too, because I can quote so many fake memes about her. Yep. 
Ugh, Allie sends me, like, if you're trying to make a potion and you don't have, like, fresh, like, newt size or whatever, store-bought is fine. Ugh, incredible. Yep. No, like, you have these people filling this very real, like, void, which gets us back to our TikTok pasta, our Emily Blunt's engagement chicken. We have Chrissy Teigen and her banana bread that went so popular. We have, uh, like, I feel like Bella Hadid or Gigi or one of these bitches had a pasta of some sort. Oh, of course. We have this salad dressing from Olivia Wilde. They're basic concepts that people need to learn but are being like taught to us from this other place. Because all we have is social media. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like there is still home economics and people are still cooking at home with their parents, but this is not like the reality. Like when I think about my childhood and I had a mom who was very well involved, like she, you know, Elsie, shout out to her. Can't go an episode (laughs) without her. Like this bitch is on her shit. She's cooking dinner every night. We sat around the dinner table, like every single night as a family. Yeah. And like, I watched her cook and stuff like that. And I don't think I'm a bad cook, but I do think that had I been brought up in a different time, I would have much more technical knowledge of this. Yeah. Which isn't the case. Or like I would have had that without having to teach myself. Yeah, or the opportunity. Exactly. So, you know, that's really all I got. Fascinating. Yeah. And I really just wanted to talk about Olivia Wilde. Sounds like you really wanted to talk about home economics. I really wanted to talk about how it's so fucked that women can't be all things and it's just constantly <laughs> getting so convoluted for us out there. But anyways. Did you ever read Helen Gurley Brown's? No, what's that? Having it all. Oh. <sighs> should I read this? Um, You would be, you should because you would like scream the entire time. It's Ugh. a very fast read. You could probably read it in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen Gurley Brown, the, like the woman behind Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh, Cosmo's mm-hmm. the reason I'm a feminist. Not a joke. <gasps> oh my god. We should unpack that statement so I don't sound like such an asshole here. Um yeah, so she was like a secretary and then became like an ad exec basically just by working hard. Hmm. I don't know. There are some things. It's been a while since I read her first book. So first she wrote Sex and the Single Girl in like the sixties. Wow. When she'd like just taken over Cosmo. Oh my god, I'm definitely going to read these. Oh my goodness, yes. And then there's Having It All in the 80s. And it's like, she's problematic as hell. Yeah, duh. Like, famously is just like, don't eat all day, just have cottage cheese. <laughs> Anytime anyone so you don't get wants fat. to tell me about cottage cheese, yeah. no! She's like, I don't wash my hair, I just get it brushed by this guy who comes to the office, <laughs> who distributes the grease. That one, I will never get over. I'm like, girl no that's so funny <laughs> i'm trying to remember some other ones oh i mean like sex and single it's like the 60s so it's like take up tennis that's where the men are like it's one of those Ugh, no. but also but she's also like have a career like i mean and that's the thing too is like everyone's just trying to get the best message they can out and that's what having it all is so it's like the 80s so it's like yeah you can be a wife and a mother and i mean she famously i'm pretty sure doesn't have kids so it's like hmm. This Interesting, is the other Helen. thing is a lot of these like p- women who were at the forefront of this home economic movement didn't have kids. Of course not, because they you can't. You can't. It's too much work. It's too much fucking work. They don't have sister wives at home. That's really what this class was about. They wanted us to have sister wives. It was pro polygamy in that baby snatching game. We're not polygamy, but just I don't even know. Ugh, it's I exhausting. Don't know. Anyways, I would like to clarify my comment on cosmo making me a feminist like legitimately like i don't know why like i never had a subscription to cosmo or anything like that mm. i feel like i just happened to read their twitter once and was like there's all these links like to articles and i just like kept reading the articles yes. that they posted and a lot of them were like hey isn't it super fucked up that women get paid less and i was like whoa <laughs> didn't know this happened 
Like, genuinely. It was fucking oh, eye-opening. I believe you. And it's like, again, Cosmo contains multitudes. <laughs> Don't we all? We're all Cosmo. Some might say we're the Cosmos. A Cosmos of... Ugh. Okay, we have to stop. I love you. This is the end. Goodbye. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Any last thoughts? I don't have any. No. This was... Wow. Truly unparalleled. Just, <laughs> just chaos I'm incarnate. Stunned. I'm... Horrified. And also, not at all surprised or shocked. No, that's the thing. None <laughs> of what I've said, except for maybe the babies, has been shocking. And even that, I was like, oh yeah. Like, of course. Everything makes sense. Yeah. Um... Thank you for listening, everybody. You should follow us on Instagram at Pantry Staples Pod. Rate, we... review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your foes. Maybe Emily will remember to post something. Hey, Marika <laughs> has to send me the reminder text, and I missed two posts because of that. You um, were on vacation. Things were very chaotic. Who's to say? Uh, we'll talk to you later. Whenever. Bye. Bye. <laughs>